Konbawa. Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terrorist Out. So Terrorist Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together, and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing, and we absolutely hope you love the show, follow along, and enjoy. I'm Michelle. And I'm Caitlin. And we're ready to get terrorist out. Woohoo! Woo! Here we are. Episode five. We're here. <laughs> Again. Huh? It's we're back. time. We're back. And we're getting into episode five, but first we're gonna recap what happened last week. That's right. In episode yeah. four. So we are aware of what is was happening and where everyone is before we get into today. So it started with Ruka and Haruka's car ride, where Ruka was too thrown by his nerves and misses his chance to ask out Haruka in the car. And then uh, we get to Haruka and Ruka bonding on the couch over Harley's and her car shop, which is a continuation of their conversation from the car ride where they figure out they both have a lot in common and they bond over their shared love of vehicles. Haruka suggests they should go to her car shop sometime and he says that he would love to because he's into her. And Haruka mentions that she finds him very, very easy to talk to because they have a lot in common. And also the fact that they both are referred to as old men. Him because of his choice of vehicle that he owned via lease, which is something they also connect on. They both own their cars from like by financing and taking out car loans. And she is a self-professed old man because her hobbies are cars, golf, and what was the other thing? I can't remember. Besides like racing and stuff. Yeah, yeah and drag cars. racing. Next, Risiko and Ruka. Risiko asks Ruka to teach her how to skateboard, and he says he's not good enough to teach, but he wants to try, which is very adorable and cute. <laughs> Kenny and Haruka go on a date. They went to Haruka's friend's gig, and then they went out to dinner after, which didn't really go that well from Haruka's perspective, we find, which we find through a conversation in the girls' room where Haruka tells Kori that basically Kenny bores her. They really don't have anything in common, and he is just not a great conversationalist, although she thought he, she was most physically attracted to him in the house because she thinks he looks very cute, like a like poodle and kind of like a teddy bear. So they have dubbed him Mr. Pooh Bear. <laughs> and Risiko asks Ruka to op- reopen her cartilage piercing, and they have a little ear-touching yeah, and uh, Ruka and Risiko play cards and make a bet. Uh, Risiko wins and asks Ruka to hang out with her forever, even after they leave the terrace house and go off on their respective journeys and continue their lives outside of the house. Risiko then, after saying she is not sleepy, drunkenly 
says into her elbow, be my boyfriend under her breath, but then walks it back and says, I don't know, I'm just mumbling because I'm tired. And that is where the episode ends. And here we are. Time for episode five. Hey. A lot of stuff happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think episode five is like the episode of passions. We get oh, to God, see so yeah. many of their hobbies and stuff in this mm-hmm, episode. This mm-hmm, is a fun one. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to yes. talk about this one. And 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 not just hobbies, but where is the line between hobby and work, and what yeah. makes something just a hobby versus what makes something no longer a hobby and something you want to pursue as your your life, your life career. Yeah. yeah. Which is very it's a very interesting thematic episode, especially considering the framing of the end of this very long era, Heisei, which is basically the changing of the guard of the emperor. The past emperor has retired, which is the basically the first time this has ever ever happened in Japan. If you need to know you need to kind of know a little bit about Japanese politics mm-hmm. because we are going to start with the last night of the Heisei era. It's very big. So what happened is that there was this huge thing that happened in Japan over the last couple of years where the emperor was feeling that he has kind of aged aged out of his job and he would like to spend time with his wife and enjoy his life and allow his son to basically step up and start the emperor duties because it's very taxing for the emperor to basically have to travel around all over the world. So in Japan, the emperor and the empress are more kind of like the secretary of state. They travel all over the world and they're kind of ambassadors and they have charitable things that they do and charities that they back and they do a lot of foreign relations. But most of the politics and the day-to-day are kind of run by the parliament and the prime minister. And it's a little bit more similar to the British politics and political structure more so than the American democratic structure. So there's this huge thing because usually until now, uh, what happened was you would basically not change the helm of the emperor and until the previous emperor had passed away. So this became like a huge thing and uh, he just felt that he just wanted to kind of retire. So they voted on it and he was was given uh, they kind of worked out this this whole thing where they would give them time to change the guard so it was announced last year that they would call this new era uh rewa which is it means i think like spirit and like softness or like a peace kind of like understanding is is the meaning of it so like understanding spirit and and peace so peaceful peaceful spirit i guess so that's kind of like what they're celebrating and a lot of tradition i I don't really know what a tradition for the changing of the era is because i was born i was born in showa not heisei so heisei kind of started i think in the early i want to say early 90s but yeah i want to say early 90s is when heisei started so yeah i've i've experienced a changing of the guard before but i was not old enough to know really what they do but it but what you can see is they celebrate and they basically kind of host to the new era which is what we're going to kind of discuss next so it's just kind of like a background preface of of what we are going to see because this is not something that you see in american culture so so let's just go right into that so we start at the it's the last couple hours of the heisei era and the members of the house minus shohei are all together in the living room 
and the kitchen. The girls are chatting at the dinner table, and Kenny and Ruga are on the living room couch. Corey does a very, very good impression of Kenny, which the other girls comment on. It's kind of a little awkward, because you can visibly see... Kenny and and mm-hmm. and Ruka on the couch, and like the entire time, you're like, can they hear them talking? Yeah, it's a little, a little like, awkward. Like, it's a little like brazen. Fun of him, yeah. yeah. And, but I kind of respect it because, like, what Kenny said was kind of questionable. Yeah, I was like, really, really, okay. But yeah. which is what we will discuss next. And part of the reason why I was like, are are you sure they can't hear you is because very shortly after they discuss this and they are mocking him, uh, mocking Kenny, Haruka calls out over to Ruka and Ruka very quickly hears her calling out mm-hmm. and she doesn't really raise her voice that, that, mm-hmm. that loudly. So it's just kind of like, I think maybe he could hear them. I don't know. Just maybe pretty, he doesn't um, care. Maybe he wasn't listening. We kind of learned know. that he, he doesn't have, listen. So. We have established that he does not listen to things. Again. So then we have that. And then Risiko wonders if... Oh, and then Haruka calls out to Ruka and asks him what he's doing on the 3rd. Because she's in a drag race. And there are going to be motorcycles racing there as well. So she thought he would might be interested in going and taking a uh, taking a gander. And he unfortunately is busy. And says he's available in one and two, but not three. So she says, I'll invite you again. And beside them, Risiko is not amused <laughs> at all. She doesn't even, like, look at them. Like, yeah, she's she just, does, she yeah, is not. She no is eye contact. Not yeah. amused at no, all. She's not. So she basically wonders aloud if Shohei will get home before midnight and before the Heisei era ends because, um, there's only 58 minutes left. And anyway, so so now we're just going to we're going to we're going to talk about what what it is that Kenny said. Oh, uh, Kenny. Kenny, oh, dear Kenny. He he said if I lost and he said this to Ka- Kaori, right? Mm-hmm. And let's keep in mind that Kaori at this point is kind of a love interest possible. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Kenny. I mean, all the girls are at this point. They don't really know each other yet. So, and he himself has said he's not sure how he feels yet. He's still sussing everyone out. Yep. So as he's self-professedly sussing out his romantic potential in each one of the girls, he tells Kaori, oh, he says he doesn't allow his potential love interests to watch him perform live his music. The reason why he doesn't allow his love interests, okay, <laughs> to watch him perform <laughs> is because, quote, if I lost my right hand and couldn't play music anymore, then what would happen? I might find out that she loved Kenny from Spicy Soul, but not me, Kenny, Kenji, as a person. Don't you think? There's a lot of uh, issues with this statement. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, what do you think about guys who are <laughs> of the same opinion as Kenny about the whole, I don't know what if they like me for me, not me as a lead singer, but like considering that he's not Justin Bieber or like Harry Styles or like Sean Mendes or like yeah, I don't know if he's really at that place where he's to that famous. Be that concerned about this with the other yeah. people in the house? Yeah, like I'm wondering if his worry about this 
comes from experience. You know, maybe he's dated someone. We don't know. He hasn't talked about his dating history. No. Uh, besides the fact he doesn't want to date anyone in, in the industry. I wonder if maybe he dated someone he, who he did, did feel this. Well, he did say he he wants to, he said he wants to date anyone but someone in the industry. Yes. Going forward. But when he was talking to Haruka, he said about his past dating experience, mm-hmm. he said he's only dated people in the industry before. Yeah. Period. So, yeah. So that the fact that he says he's only dated people in his industry before performers, musicians, models, actresses, and now his whole thing is that he doesn't want to date people who want limelight. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Well, I don't allow my potential love interests to watch me perform mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't know if I lost my left hand, like if they would dump me. I, I wonder if something like, like that has it, kind of happened. Yeah, or if they heavy. just changed and their I'm mind. And the fact that later on in the episode, I think, I don't, wait, Risiko wasn't at that concert. I'm getting ahead of myself. But no, she wasn't there. Kaori and Haruka was there, were there. Yeah. So, I mean, considering he said that, mm-hmm. I wonder what that means. Or if she just couldn't come, or I don't know. Let's yeah, see. Maybe she was working. Maybe, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to the question, what do you think about guys like uh, like Kenny who who are who are of this opinion, like like at this stage in their career where they haven't necessarily maybe earned earned this this whole thing? Yeah, like but, the thing that would worry me, like if he had said that to me, I would wonder if he acts like a different person. You know, like if he is so worried right. that someone isn't gonna like him for him. It makes me wonder if he acts like, you know, if he's normal, down-to-earth Kenny, and then there's, like, star musician Kenny. Or if part of his persona that he's marketing is, like, this ladies' man, or, like, he's supposed to be single and attractive. The fact that, like, I don't know, having a girlfriend publicly mm-hmm. is going to, quote, hurt his brand. Yeah, I don't know because is that why he wants to date a girl who's in the limelight? Like, what does that say about a partner who says like I want to be the sparkly one? Like, I don't want someone. I want to be the center of attention. Yeah, and like, I I get not wanting to have like a public, you know, if you are in the public eye, like not wanting to have a public relationship, right. but you'd also don't want the person that he's with to feel like they're hiding. Right. You know, like if he is going, you know, if that is his brand and he is right. dating someone, I don't know. If I was the one dating him, I would not want to be totally put on the back burner. Right. As well. Because you can't, I mean, there are, there are couples that can make it work and not be in the limelight. Like, for yeah. example, Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Yeah. I always think of them. Yeah. Or Leighton Meester and Adam Brody. Uh-huh. Blair, who's Blair Waldorf from Glossop Girl <laughs> and Seth Cohen from the OC. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else? There's, I mean, there's, I, it, you can't really think of them because, like, you don't really know. They don't really talk about how much they're dating. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even Allison Brie and Dave Franco, like, mm-hmm. they, a lot of their brand is talking about their marriage or whatever, but they're never really, like, they have their own careers outside of each other yeah. because they don't really share so much of their relationship mm-hmm. with everyone else. But yeah. then there are also 
partners like Chrissy Teigen and mm-hmm. John Legend and Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard mm-hmm. or Ellen and Portia, like yeah. Oprah and Stedman. Like, I mean, Oprah and Stedman is actually a very good example of like what Kenny's kind of looking for because mm-hmm. like Stedman is more of like a business guy mm-hmm. and he's not really in the limelight, but he's also like a strong person who has their own career and, you know, all their own stuff. So, like, I wonder, because, like, from what Kenny said, he was just kind of like, I want a girl who, like, supports me. Yeah. I think but he's kind of looking. her own spotlight. Yeah. Basically. And then he also, like, because that's kind of what Corey asked. Like, she's like, so you just want someone who's like, props you up and, like, wants to be, like, a housewife? And he was just like, yeah, that would be <laughs> great, actually. And yeah. he was like, that's kind of what I want. So, like, from what he wants, it doesn't sound like he's super interested in, like, the Oprah Stedman model. Mm-hmm. I I don't really think that's his thing. Yeah. Well, like, with him, like, discussing this, maybe dating someone from Terrace House isn't the right idea. Because all yeah. these people now going forward are going to be more known. Right. And wait, what did he say was his reason... For coming to the house anyway. I don't even think it was. to fall in love and have a family. That's what he told me. Wait, he did say that. Yeah, yeah. He said he wanted to like fall in love and like settle down. Yeah. No. Like Uh he has, like maybe that was his, what he felt like they wanted to hear from him. But yeah, that was what he said in the very, very beginning. And he hasn't done anything since then to to show that that's actually what he's looking for. Right. He's not really actively trying to make plans or pursue any of the girls like he's he's agreeing to like chat with people like like you know or go to something with someone if they are the one who asks Mm -hmm. but he himself hasn't really opened up much nor has he really made an effort to make plans active plans with anyone and even when he's talking with Risiko later he mentions like when she's like what do you want to do like is there there anything you want to do or like anywhere you want to go in the house and he's like I don't know like I'd really love to like have like a group dinner with like the entire house like it's not even what he wants to do isn't even like remotely like a date thing Mm -hmm. like he could he could just be like oh, well, I really want to go. There's, like, a really cool whatever thing close by. So, like, the house and, like, there's a really cool event I want to go to or a place that I've always wanted to go to. Or, like, you could even say, like, you know, as Japanese people, you don't really get to do touristy things Mm -hmm. unless, like, I never really did touristy things around Japan or Tokyo, like, unless, one, we went on, like, a school trip to, like, Mount Fuji or, like, you know, Kyoto or whatever because like for example like you and I we're we've told the listeners that we're going to Japan this summer mm-hmm. and we've kind of all made this google doc of like all the things we want to do and like what we want to see and one of the things is like going to the Nara deer park to mm-hmm. see the cute baby deer and stuff I mean but when we go it's going to be the summer so they won't be that baby because they're born in the spring and when the Sakura season is and that's when they're really cute but we'll still see baby deer like they'll oh. be young young adult deer <laughs> <laughs> that'll be really cute but I've never been like and I'm 33 like I've never 
been. So like it's really cool. Like I when my friends come to town from the States, I can actually go do these things because I never actually made it a point to go because you don't go unless you go on like a school trip. And if you don't, if your school doesn't go to Nara and they go somewhere else, for example, like Okinawa, you know, you're going to go there instead and you're going to do other things. So one thing I really want to do more is to like explore my own country, like my own home country, like one of them, Japan is one of my home countries. So I really want to like see more of it because I really want to know more about my own heritage and like my own culture and stuff. But like, you know, he could even be like, you know, I've always wanted to go to this shrine or this park or like do this because I've never had the opportunity to because I live, I'm local. So I maybe it would be fun to go do something touristy together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's like a really fun date to like do touristy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be tourists. I don't know. Maybe some people would find that super tacky and annoying. But that was like a goal of mine this past year was to like be more touristy in my own like cities and it was a lot of fun because it was it got it allowed me to see the city and how non-local people see it Mm -hmm. I don't know every I've moved around a lot growing up and like I think I took for granted growing up in Tokyo a lot when I grew up there like when I was in Tokyo like all I wanted to do was move to the states move to New York City for college I moved to upstate New York, but I was just like, I'm going to move to the States and I'm never coming back. Like, screw this. (laughs) (laughs) Screw Japan. Like, I'm not going back. Like, I love it, but I don't want to live there. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's so oppressive for women. All this crap. You know, I was just like, I want to make it in the States. Like, that was just my dream. So I was just like, American dream life. You know, American dream. It's everyone's dream for a reason. And it's called the American dream for a reason. So... But when I started going, like, I was also kind of, I don't know, it like, it was, I went to a school that was 98% white, and there was only, like, four people who spoke Japanese, and, like, one of them was one of my friends from high school who was an acting major, and I never saw her because she was so busy, but, like, she was one of the four people, so, mm-hmm. like, that shows you how, how limited the Asian population was at Ithaca. Like, at Cornell, yes, there was a lot of Asian people, mm-hmm. but... They were also like very different and we didn't really mingle with them. And like I had friends who when they would get drunk would say things like, can I call you egg drop soup? Like, because do you like it? And I'm like, dude, wrong Asian. And they're like, well, whatever. It's the same thing. Like, why are you? Don't get offended. And I'm like, don't tell me to not get offended, white boy. Yeah, it's not the same. I'm driving you as a designated driver because you two are too drunk to drive. I think you should just not (laughs) and stuff so it's like I was kind of really embarrassed about it not embarrassed but like I just didn't want to have to deal with that so I don't know why I even got here to this to this point of conversation (laughs) how it just got really like deep Um, we were talking about yeah like acting like tourists and stuff yeah so I really like appreciated Japan more when I brought my friends back mm -hmm. and like I used to be like well I'm from Hawaii And I'd be like, well, yeah, I am technically from Hawaii, but I'm also from Japan. Like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be ashamed of who I am. So, like, now I'm just like, Japan pride, Asian pride, decolonize everything. But anyway. But it was the same for Hawaii, too. Like, I would just get so annoyed about Hawaii, like, all the time. I was just like, oh, it's just palm trees and, like, the beach and stuff. But then when my friends came, like, I took them to, like, Pearl Harbor. And, like, originally I was like, oh, going to Pearl Harbor, like, three times a year is so depressing 
But then I just like really started loving the history behind it. And like I used to feel super awkward going, but then I just felt really kind of, I don't know, proud of how far we've come as a state and like as our culture and like how far we've come, you know, with Asian Americans and stuff and like all the stuff we've been through. And it's just like it really made me proud to be from Hawaii and to proud to be from Tokyo when I brought my friends home and did like touristy stuff. So I think it's a really great date because it gets you get to know people and then you can like especially if one person is from there and the other person isn't or like if you take somewhere if you take them somewhere you really love too and you're like I want to show you this place that I really love and like why don't you show me a place that you really love like that would be a great date. Like, because you can also take that person there and you can talk about memories and you can talk about why that place is someplace you love so much. And, mm-hmm. like, you can share something really deep, but also something fun. And it's something you enjoy. So you can, like, that person can get to know something deeper about you. And it's just, like, three birds, one stone. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's cool because it's you could find out something about someone that they wouldn't share, like, with a group. Yeah. It's like something private and like, yeah. I don't know, it's per- it's intimate because it's personal and yeah. it's something real, which is, is nice in something like in such such a forced or like not for, I mean, it is kind of forced setting. That's kind of like typically it could be very contrived, but mm-hmm. if you if you ground it in realness, yeah, it could be cool. Like that's why in opening new doors, it was really cool every time that. Tsubasa, one of the original members, used to take all the members of the house to her dad's soba restaurant because they're going to eat, but they're also getting to meet her, her dad, and, like, learn about her life and, like, learn about her mom and, like, who passed away and just about, like, all of the hard things that she's had to overcome. And it's just really cool to get to see a different side of the members that they might not feel comfortable sharing themselves. Yeah. But you can see them through a different perspective by someone who knows them very well and has an intimate background on who they are and their character and their values. And then that kind of really helps develop the friendships and the relationships in the house so much faster and so much deeper because they... It's you don't really have a lot of time to get to know these people. And it's kind of you have to like do a lot of heavy, heavy work in like a very short amount of time. So it's hard when you just get thrown into it like that for all these people. Exactly. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if, if someone said that to me and like if I was kind of interested in them and they said that like what Kenny said. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about it. There's too many red flags with Kenny at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. I'm just like, especially after, like, not just this, but this coupled with everything. I feel like this is a better question to ask at the end of this episode. <laughs> Maybe, like, after we talk about his conversation with Risiko. Because, like, yeah. even though there's a lot of good stuff in that conversation, like, there was something he said there that made me think, like, Oh, yeah, so you own the fact that you really don't listen to yeah. anything that has to do with anything but music, yeah. specifically your music. So it's like, 
I don't know. It seems like he's very focused on his himself and his music. And yeah. it's like, and unless you're constantly talking about that, he has no energy for anything yeah. else. Yeah. So it's like he's just very focused on that. Yeah. And like he's saying, he doesn't want to be with someone who has like who's in the limelight, and he wants someone who supports his career. So just like what I'm hearing is like me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if like you would want someone like me. Maybe I I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. I don't know why trying- any of the girls would in the house at this point. Yeah, because they're all really like they all have actual dreams. Like yeah. they they all each have stuff I mean, stuff they're interested in. Yeah. So it's kind of I don't know. He just I think Tokui san, one of the uh, panelists he he was like this quote proves his lack of awareness like he has yeah. no awareness which is a very good point because later on there's a scene where Shohei and Kenny are washing the pool mm-hmm. and they're talking about Kenny's date with Haruka and and basically they talk about they're talking about Haruka only for Haruka to walk in while they're talking about her <laughs> and then Kenny says that they're basically discussing Kenny's date with Haruka at the concert and mm-hmm. getting burritos after. And Kenny says the whole time, all he could think about how, was how pretty Haruka was. And he was, like, super nervous about it. And then, like, <laughs> and then basically, like, she comes into the, and they use the term, like, beautiful is kirei. And then she uses that word when she walks in and she asks if they, like, clean the pool and if it's, like, nice and clean and pretty now. And she's like, oh, kire ni natta. And she's just like, is it nice and clean and pretty now? Like, so she uses the same word that they use. So, like, mm-hmm. it makes everyone, like, the panelists and also made me think, like, did she, did she kind of hear what they were yeah. saying? Or, like. Yeah. Who knows how far away she was from the pool when they were talking. Yeah, and it was like, and then after she leaves, Shohei goes, that was odd timing, like, speak of the devil. And then Kenny goes, she's even pretty from, like, she's even cute from down below. And, huh, and then Shohei agrees, and they both marvel at how impressive this fact is. The fact that she's pretty from from below. So, like, it kind of shows, it kind of, like, adds to the fact that, like, he clearly has no clue like because from from his assessment he clearly has no clue how awkward haruka found that date because like he's just like yeah she was so pretty and like he left she's like she's so cute like all he said about the date like nothing about how the concert was or them getting food like he was just like yeah we haven't had much time to talk and she was pretty like that's it yeah I just, I think he's just one of those people who's, like, super, like, I know he can't be a stoner because this is Japan we're talking about. Yeah. But, like, seems like he would be such a stoner. Like, <laughs> like he's just, that like, laid so, back. Attitude. You know what I mean? Like, he's just so laid yeah. back and he's just, like, so aloof. And he's just not unaware of anything, anything. And, like, he doesn't find silences or, like awkwardness awkward because i think it's he's the one causing it he's the one i also think because he said like he isn't really he doesn't have energy to pay attention to anything except his music so unless they're discussing music period or his music period or probably anything he's interested in or anything he has anything about himself then he's just checked out. So, like, the whole time that Haruka was trying to talk about other stuff or, like, bring up, like, Ruka and stuff, like, I, I he probably just 
didn't think it was weird or awkward because he just doesn't pay attention to anything other than music so he's just like basically like checked out so he's just like whatever it was fine like because he's just so he's not really like he doesn't really care about anything other than like his interests so if it doesn't have to do with his interests like he just doesn't find it it because it doesn't matter to him so like Haruka's just like I I don't know what to talk about because we have nothing in common yeah she's like I don't feel the same yeah and then interest really in common well, we just talked about stuff I was interested in. So, like, it was fun. Like, yeah. and she's just like, yeah, we we didn't really have anything to talk about. Like, we talked about music for a bit and then our dating stuff. And then that's it. Yeah. And then he told me he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so, what's the point of talking to him? And it's like, he's boring. Which, I mean, I would be bored, too, if all the other person wants to talk about is, like, is what they're interested in. They're just like, well, yeah. then why am I even here? Like, yeah. why don't you talk to a wall? Yeah. Or, like, have a one-person podcast where you talk yeah. to the world. Anyway, that's friggin' weird. They have Rewa theme beer. Kaori has designed a blackboard with, like, Rewa-themed designs. Mm-hmm. Risiko reminds Ruka in front of everyone that they're, that, uh, about their plans to go to the sports center tomorrow. But since it's raining, like, what should they do instead? Like, and, and then they're like, oh, should we have a road trip? whatever but then Risiko is just like oh I really just want to go to parkour practice so would you mind driving me and then it's kind of far away so he says okay that's fine so they make plans to do that tomorrow instead of going to the park and while this is happening Haruka is unamused she is not happy she's not having it it's all over her face boom her side eye game is on fire right now yeah <laughs> it's on a lot of fire she dude that last side eye though it was it was like it was scary man yeah yeah it had had some like if 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 there was like sound like visual effects i would expect like a little you know like when you turn on the burner and it goes and like it the light like the flint just starts like flinting like yeah. the fire starts like her eyes are like a fire starter. Like I feel like there should be like little ember f- embers like <laughs> shooting out. The sun. Yeah, her look like it pierces <laughs> the sound effect where it goes. <laughs> it's yeah. like sound crackling. Like <laughs> it was, it was, it was like fighting, fighting eyes right there. Was, yeah, the fact the... that no one else notices. Oh my god, drives you I... crazy. Like, the fact that no one's brought it up. I'm like, does anyone notice that she's giving? Like, does anyone though... feel this tension? Let me just very quickly talk about the editing on the show. The cinematography and the editing on the show is just like on point. It's, it's so just, good. It's so good. They get all the reaction shots. Like, yes. On. Like every single person in the house that's kind of interested, maybe kind of interested or has kind of a mood or that any of the panelists have said, ooh, don't you think those two would be good together? They mm-hmm. pan immediately to that person's reaction shot anytime. Like, one of the movements happened between one of these connections i think we're going to actually have to make a graphic chart with each one of their faces for twitter (laughs) thing or instagram yeah like the little relationship connections with like the little a dotted line means they're friends and then one arrow like this person likes this person and this Uh person likes this and they went on a date because it's getting to this point where it's just so like it's so connected. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get so messy inside. Because um, everyone's kind of still dating 
each other like it's yeah. all like very mixed like there yeah. hasn't been any like established couples yet because speaking of like you know Ruka and Risako like mm-hmm. I, you know Ruka, Ruka mentions he's still interested in Haruka so yeah. and after all of this stuff that happened in the episode he's like team Haruka like <laughs> yeah. I, I still want to ask her out I get nervous so freaking cute cinnamon roll <laughs> Anyway, Shohei finally comes home right in time for the change in the era, and he makes a toast for the new era with everyone with a yummy, sweet reiwa sake. His toast is kind of not, kind of a dud, according to the panelists. Uh, (laughs) On the show, he says, Heisei was a mixture of good and bad. Let's strive to do our best as we move forward and live (laughs) on. Good pep talk. It's like, cool story, bro. Yep. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Ruka then announces there are 15 more seconds until the era changes and happy new era. But it's very anticlimactic. Yeah. They're, they're not very, they clap. I think uh, Risiko pushes herself out of her chair while she's sitting cross-legged and then she sits herself back down as soon as, as soon as the, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like so random as like, uh, are you, are you making? your body like the new year's ball or something like the ball drop, drop. <laughs> it was like Funny. a little like little new year toast yeah, it was very cynical last about 20 seconds yep and then so now uh cory and shohei reconfirmed their date plans that they kind of made at the last date that they went to in the izakaya where they had the raw egg over white rice and Corey says that she still really wants to go to Chawari together, which is the restaurant. Uh, well, it's like a bar where they do sake, but they split it with different types of tea. And Chawari means like splitting with tea. So it's just the name of the bar. And she says she still wants to go together over Golden Week as previously planned. He says, let's go. And she excitedly responds, yay, which is super cute. <laughs> and then uh, Shohei shares that the day they go to Chawari, he needs to write an article for his travel column that's supposed to feature some cool spot in Tokyo to travel around. So they say in Ginza. And so he was wondering if she would be interested in joining him from earlier on and then and making a day of it before heading to Chawari later. And Corey agrees. So they make plans to do this later on. Risako brings the convo back to what she and Ruka should be doing tomorrow instead of the sports center. And this is where Risako tells him she wants to go to parkour practice and asks him to be to take her. She also asks him to practice, help her practice driving. And this is where Haruka is previously very, very spiky, spiky, spiky side eye happens. So it, it's seemingly that no one else at the table and in the house has, has really caught on to Haruka's very, very um, obvious facial, <laughs> facial expressions. Yet so far, no one has addressed it. And they haven't seen these episodes yet because this happens like like a, as, at a four-week delay. So they will see this in four weeks. So I, I don't know if Riseko is still going to be in the house or not. That'll be super awkward because they'll be watching this together. And phew, that edit is not going to go over well. <laughs> but what do you think about Haruka's inability to keep her emotions off of her face, which seems to be a recurring theme throughout this episode and also kind of throughout the last couple of episodes because we've we've already kind of 
mentioned and noticed her expressive face last week. And uh, considering that this is going to become an issue in four weeks, like, I, I don't know. Did she forget that, like, they're going to watch this together in four weeks? Like, or is she just, I don't know if she just is aware that her face is that expressive. I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't think she's aware and because no one else has said anything, like, I think it's just going to kind of keep flying under the the back burner at the moment. I right. think until oh. someone either calls her out or she, instead of making a face, makes a comment, you know, like, because right now the, like, the silent expressions on her face are, you know, kind of like, There's, hmm, is she really feeling that? But until she makes a comment or brings attention up, I don't think, you know, I think it's kind of right. meh until something like that happens right until but i don't think that there's no way that that she's not going to get caught doing this over the next four weeks before they watch this episode oh someone will notice absolutely we've already noticed (laughs) but like with us like they they show it you know the camera is showing us you know like if they're not all intently you know just like watching her because she's not the one speaking she's just kind of sitting there so No one, you know, not everyone may be, like, watching her as closely as the cameras are and as us, the viewers, are. I'm surprised that Ruka Ruka hasn't noticed yet because he clearly pays a lot of attention to Ruka. Or maybe it's because he's just too embarrassed to look at her because he says, like, looking at she's so pretty, he gets so nervous. Yeah, so I maybe Ruka's just really oblivious. So <laughs> I don't think he could, he would notice or put together any of the pieces. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's pretty awkward. Think. Yeah, I agree. I think until they someone sees it and is like, hmm, you know, like I would want Reese to go to see her these facial expressions and then be like, wait, hold up. (laughs) Yeah, well, she definitely will be, and she doesn't seem like the type of person who who's gonna be quiet about it. No, oh no, I don't know. She seems like the type of person who's gonna to like address it. Yeah, and bring it up and call out, call it out. I don't know. That's just me, but so far she's kind of that's the kind of behavior she's exhibited mm-hmm. really like she just I feel like she kind of just so far has been blurting out like whatever she thinks or like she wants I mean clearly like the other night with Ruka yeah she like blurted out what she was thinking and then she was like wait I didn't mean to say that I spoke <laughs> too fast like, yeah. it's like I feel like sometimes she thinks she speaks before she thinks like she doesn't yeah. actually think about what she's saying when she says it like mm-hmm. she may not actually like she just like immediately says whatever's on her mind and she doesn't like take a moment to like be like, hmm, should I say this or should I not say this? No, she just says it. Right. But Haruka, like thus far, she it seems like she doesn't actually like she takes a second before she says something to uh, like ask herself, like, is this really the right place to say it? Like, should I talk about this in front of this person? Because she's brought conversations to Kaori separately outside on just the two of them in this even in this this episode they go out for a burger together and they talk about Kenny and her drag race but she she says like oh I wanted to bring this up with you I want to talk about Ruka with you here because it's just I thought it would be kind of awkward to talk about it in front of Risiko so like clearly she thinks about what she's gonna say before she says it yeah but Riseko just kind of blurts whatever comes to her brain out and then she's like oh wait maybe I didn't mean to say that 
yet i'm not ready to like throw that out yet yeah <laughs> so you find haruka a little calculating because of that mm, that's a really good question oh i think there's something we do need to address right yeah. now that that i kind of wanted to bring up because this is becomes a theme in this episode. The panelists bring up uh, Yamachan and and Torichan. They bring up the these so what happens before like right when the the member or the show starts. They have the show has a YouTube channel and social media like any other reality show or any other show on television. And on the Terrace House YouTube channel, when like right the, after the first episode or any time there's a new member in the house or an, a current member leaves the house, they do an, an entrance video and an exit video. So they bring up Haruka's entrance video and that there's something a little alarming that she mentions on this video about her past with dating. And she says she has this bad habit of finding other people's things nice and shiny and then she wants them so she covets other people's things or people or things that they want or like or have so it becomes this question does haruka actually like kenny ruka or any of the people in the house Mm -hmm. or does she get interested in them when she thinks the other girls in the house show interest in that person and she gets competitive and decides she wants to have them all to herself? Mm-hmm. So it becomes this like, is she calculating basically, right? Yeah. Because yep. she's like, oh, she likes him. Maybe I like him. Yeah. Like, you know, if she likes him so much. Maybe there's something about him that I'm not I'm not seeing. Maybe I should pay attention to that. Like maybe I should ask him out or maybe I should go out with him. Like so that's kind of what their the panelists are saying. So they kind of like surmise this. It's hard because I feel like now once they've brought that up, I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. like is that really fair? Cuz like if they never brought that up, we wouldn't think about that. I feel like then they did a little bit, did a little bit before yeah, they brought it up. It makes sense though, because like now, and then they bring up references. They're like, "Well, remember that first time when Corey and Kenny were talking about illustration at the dinner table?" And then she says, "I don't really know." And then Haruka mentions like verbatim, like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And then she brings the conversation to like teach me how to play the guitar, and then yeah. she, they learn how to play the guitar in the living room, and then Corey just goes away. Right. And then she's like talking about how much she likes Ruka. And then she's like, well, I don't want to talk about it in front of Risiko, but I think that Ruka and I have a lot in common. And like, he's like really cute. Right. And then she's like suddenly disinterested in Kenny. And like, she's like, well, Ruka and I have a lot in common. Right. Mm -hmm. But then who's to say that she's not going to go back to one of the other guys if someone else shows interest in the other guy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. It's a very it's a very valid question. Is she calculating? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does talk a lot about the fact that she doesn't have any friends that are her age and she's only friends with older men who have similar hobbies with her, who kind of fawn over her and like all kind of revolve around her as if she's the sun. I mean, all of those things considered, it does raise some flags. Yeah. 
then again, if you consider the fact that she has been in the industry since she was 15 and she's 24, it probably is really tough to find people her age to connect to. Yeah. Yeah. So do you blame her circumstance and the fact that she's never really had the opportunity to reflect on her behavior and how she is and like, you know, is it really her fault that the people around her have been enabling her her whole life because she's been in a career since the age of 15 where she's an actress and mm-hmm. when you're an actress from a child, like a, a, when you're a child actor, a lot of those child actors end up having to learn a lot and grow more because they're not necessarily, unless they have people around them who are consciously grounding them all the time and making sure that they're staying grounded, they might end up developing this subconscious view of life where it becomes normal for people to always be accommodating you. Yeah. Because you're the the actor, you're the star, you're the, you're, you're the, you're the talent. So like, does that bleed into you? If that bleeds into your real life in certain ways through your hobbies, then how, what is, what is that line, that fine line between your, career and your personal life and Mm -hmm. and how you treat other people or how you're treated and how that affects how you choose to treat other people and how you view how you're being treated and how that affects your relationships I guess does that make sense I don't know no it absolutely does it absolutely does I'm trying to be really careful about how I word it because Mm -hmm. I do really like Haruka and I respect her and she is one I really enjoy her and and she she is one of my favorite members mm-hmm. in the house. Yeah. So it's tough because I I think she grows a lot and I think you know just where she is now like when she starts seeing how she is I think I don't think that she realizes that mm-hmm. that that this is her the way that she is. Yeah. And I don't think that I think when Haruka starts seeing that the way that other people might rate her because I don't think that the way she, I think she's just like misunderstood. I don't think she's able to communicate fully yeah. what she means because she's just not been in a place where people have like she hasn't really been around people who are different than her. Like, yeah. And this is a good environment for her to, you know, to see that because now she's around people around her age, you know, for long periods of time. This is and she mentioned opportunity for that, her to learn that mentions that that's one of the reasons why she wanted to enter the house is to yeah. like be around a lot more people that she's not used to being around and like having the opportunity to basically you know see a lot of different types of perspectives and mm-hmm. see a different like ways people react to things so yeah. in that sense I think that it's a very it's very on brand for yeah. her yeah so I think it's very tough, but at this point, I don't. I think that's a fair assessment of mm-hmm. of her, and I don't think that I I can't say that that's not fair right now. Yeah, of of Haruka. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's a hard hard observation, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's wrong. We can't so. really know until moving forward. Yeah, I, I think certain things don't to really... kind of show that or not. Uh, and just and even if she is kind of leaning towards the, that way right now, like we still have a lot more time and she still has 
she still has the opportunity to watch the episodes and 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 we'll be able to see how she chooses to to take what she sees and, mm-hmm. and what she chooses to do going forward and Go i think forward. that's yeah. really going to be a big sign of her character and who mm-hmm. she is as a person so yeah. like seeing this does make me really excited i hope that she will take i hope personally that she will take this opportunity to grow and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and 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 bounce back instead of shutting off and running away yeah and being like well i'm gonna graduate then you know yeah, which I people have not do it there have been members in the past who have like really not been able to handle criticism from social media and things like that and and just like amongst the members and they can't really handle conflict so then they end up being like well i'm gonna leave and then they yeah. just leave so if they're like i don't even want to deal with it yeah, yeah moving forward they don't so. so i i hope that you know the out of those ways i hope that she stays and that she chooses to kind of grow yeah next we're just gonna go to quickly uh ruka gives risiko a ride to parkour practice in the black jaguar so we get to meet the other car for the first time <laughs> um because i mean that's pretty big because i feel like the cars in the house are kind of setting them to, unto themselves in oh. a way those are the only things that are provided to them is a nice car, <laughs> nice automobiles, and a nice mansion. In the house. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, the practice is in Shinkoiwa, which is kind of far away. And so Ruka and Risiko leave in the in the AM as Haruka watches from the dining table, which is as as we've discussed, is very interesting and, and very entertaining because Haruka's <laughs> face is very expressive. So here we get we get a treat to another morning of of Haruka and her facial expressions. <laughs> the Chronicles Haruka of, of Haruka and her facial expressions. <laughs> and then we uh, they share oh oh my gosh, yes. They share a bottle while while in the car, <laughs> Ruka and Risiko share a <laughs> bottle of tea. Which is a bigger deal in Japan because this is very fondly known to to every every Japanese person in Japan as the Kansetsukisu, which is an indirect mouth to mouth contact kiss through sharing something, mm-hmm. which then becomes the whole topic of conversation for the next entirety of the next panel segment, where they also reference past occurrences throughout the past seasons where these big indirect mouth-to-mouth contact kisses have happened and the big couples that have been have been created as a result of of these intimate sharing (laughs) i don't know it's kind of insane but um but i guess it's a thing it is very much a thing like i grew up and it was like a whole thing like oh my god you indirect like kissed them through like you shared a bottle oh my god (laughs) Oh my gosh, you both shared like a spoon. Oh my god, both your mouths were on it. Like it's a whole thing in Japan. Yeah, because I feel like in America that's not a thing. No, and so not. I actually really, really enjoyed that whole panel discussion. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, like I can see how that is. But I definitely like growing up in America, that wasn't <sighs> like don't make backwash gross. Yeah, like I don't know, you'd share cooties bottles yep. or water bottles with like anyone. <laughs> and unless they were yeah. sick, you'd be like, "Ew, I mean, sick." Your lips are touching the same where thing. Li- yeah. We're just touching. It's kind yeah. of intimate. Like, yeah. You are- so I can, I can see it. I know. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm. I grew up in Japan, so like I've, I've grown up with this culture of mm-hmm. like kisu. So to me, it's like I get it because it's yeah. 
it's like a whole thing. Everyone makes a big deal out of it. And like, and, and I don't mind sharing. Like, so now I'm just like very like, oh yeah, whatever you can share my bottle. But there is a moment every time where like my heart gets like, it like beats a little quick when I'm like, oh, 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 mm, ah." and then I'm like, oh, Michelle, like, stop. You're not five. Like, but there is like in the back of my head I'm not gonna lie every time about that anybody says can I share a bottle of your water can I have a sip of your water I Uh think about it like that's why like when sometimes I I find it really hard like there are some like share I will only share a bottle of water or like any type of drink with you if I know you yeah or if I like you I won't share like a bottle of water with my friend's boyfriend that's too creepy to me yeah like I won't even let them sip out of my water. Like if if they want to try my drink, like if we're like I don't drink alcohol so much anymore. I haven't really had a sip like at all this year. I've this is one of my things this year is like veganism, no drinking, curbing pot, <laughs> and which I'm I've really been doing, which I'm very impressed with with myself, and trying not to buy fast fashion and no new leather like trying to like just do secondhand or eco slow fashion all this stuff so when you're all out traveling or you're out to dinner at a new restaurant you're out with like friends and stuff and you all order different drinks you know like alcoholic Mm -hmm. drinks and then you're like oh I kind of want to order yours but like I've never had it before do you mind if I try it Mm -hmm. like unless your boyfriend or your partner is someone I'm like I've known or like I'm comfortable with or like you and I are people that I've known you since I was like 15 or 18 and we're really close and that's your husband and like I know your husband kind of well then I'll like let you sip out of my cup if I'm using a straw you know what I mean or you use your own straw but like I don't feel comfortable sharing a straw with someone if Mm -hmm. that's your husband and nope it's weird but like most wouldn't think of that they would be like I don't really freaking care but like to me I'm just like I can't do it it's just way too intimate (laughs) but someone I'm dating or someone I like if I don't really know you yet or I don't really know you that well like I'm if even if you offer to share a drink with me I'm gonna say no like I'll be like no it's okay I'll get my own and Mm -hmm. then I think sometimes people are like that's really weird and I'm like too intimate sorry like my culture can't do it yeah saliva is touching I don't know. It's just really weird. But yeah, I'm sure I, I'm I'm interested in hearing your opinion about it because it's not really it's not something in your culture. So no, like it really wasn't like it was never like, you know, I grew up playing sports and people share entire volleyball team <laughs> sharing water bottles. Like, yeah, it was never something I really ever took into notice unless someone was like sick and I'm like Mm-mm, like I ain't trying to spread those germs but then again like you can be sick and not really know like right. yeah it was so definitely I- so like it never for me was never like an intimate thing as it's like referred to here and like with you I have a question okay now that you do know about this do you think you will think about it the next time this happens to you <laughs> Oh, I totally will, especially when I'm with you. <laughs> oh, my God. So from now on, if, like, someone asks, like, if it's a boy and they're like, hey, can I, like... Yeah, I'm totally going to think about it. Oh, or, yeah, no. Can I have some of your drink? Yeah, no, it will. Yeah, now that it's in my head that it's seen as, like, a more yeah, intimate like, thing, no, I'm definitely going to be like, ooh. <laughs> it's, like, a thing for me, too. Like, if I don't really know you that well, like, I don't really want you to use my chapstick. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be looking at things differently now, like, in that situation. I don't know. It's kind of weird. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, like, a really fun discussion because, like, the whole panel discussion, I was like, oh, I was like, interesting. Or it's, like, little things. Like, they were talking about how, um, you know, previous season with, like, the ice cream. Oh, yeah, the tongue. Okay, so, like, that would freak me out because I was like, mm, there's, like, way too much saliva on that ice cream. But then I'm like, exactly. eh, what's the difference between, like, sharing a water bottle? But, like, in my head, the ice cream situation felt way more intimate than, like, the yeah, water bottle. It's super intimate, especially because it's, like, ice cream is phallic. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, like, and, you know, like, bananas, like, popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so stereotypical, but it's true. Like, it yeah. is phallic. And, like, you know, and you, you, and, like, she, you, like, she didn't just, like, bite it. Like, she just used her tongue, like, to lick it and then bite it. It's it just, yeah, it is. And now that I'm talking about it, like, my, I'm just going to kind of, like, <laughs> I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. All of the game now. So then I love Sena. That's one of my favorite, 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 favorite classic classic terrace house member she's been on three seasons i think yeah she finds a, a boyfriend and then she breaks up and she comes back goes again <laughs> season, she's I like i'm here to find my last love of my life or something it's just it's hilarious i love her so freaking <laughs> it's my dream for her to come on the pod and for us to interview her putting that out in the universe again every time i have the opportunity to put that out in the universe Sana, we would love for you to come on the, on the on the podcast, and I will interview you in Japanese if you need if you need me to, and then I will translate the entire entire interview in English to my by myself. It's fine, sure. I'll do it. Or I will translate it into English, and you can act out her part, and then I'll just interview you or something. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it with Jesse, Jesse the reader. He'd yeah. probably love that. Risiko asks Ruka if there's anything he wants that's not a big purchase because she wants to give him. Get him something to thank him for driving her to practice instead of, like, doing anything. Because we do find out that, like, he literally just <laughs> drove her to practice and then drove her back yeah. because it rained. And they didn't actually do anything together. Yeah. So, glorified Uber. it was, let me get you something. And it was really cute. He initially is like, she's like, what do you want? And he's like, a Harley. And she's like, not a Harley. Like, something I can afford. <laughs> And he's was, like i want to talk about harley's again adorable and then so he says he wants the same hat that she has with the velcro and she tells him that he can have it and then she says actually why don't we just share it and he says okay and then ruka picks risiko up from parkour practice after she's done and um that's it with those two next up we have Risiko and Kenny. Risiko shares with Kenny at dinner. They all have dinner at one point. And uh, Risiko shares with Kenny at the dinner table, at the dining table, that her students at AVEX that she was kind of doing fitness training for gave her notes and stuff to say, like, because she was just cutting, because she mentioned she was cutting down on hours at her job so that she could really focus on her parkour practice and really pursue that. And she kind of shows him that they drew, like, a a, a photo like I drew a picture of her and it was like really cute and she had so many letters they really clearly care about her but that is also like something that's very like culturally something that people do for other people when they leave they usually like make a big like thing that they all sign it's usually a little like a hard cardboard washi it has like a washi paper on it and then mm. everybody signs it and then they give it to the other person and they can like put it frame it or put it up it's kind of like a hard 
hard like cardboard paper that's like, sweet and eight. sentimental yeah it's it's part of the culture that oh, if yeah. anyone graduates from something or they decide to like you know they get promoted or they do a new job or it's your birthday you all sign one of those it's called a hikishi and and or shikishi and even like we used to do them for cast parties after we had musicals and we would give them to like teachers at the end of the year and stuff and it's really sweet it's a really wonderful part of the japanese culture and a lot of the time they usually the housemates will make one up one of those up for um, any members when they leave the house and they graduate um so it is part of the culture so them all writing notes for her is really sweet it's usually that's something they do if they don't have time to pass something around or they do something so they'll just say like everyone write a note you know, that's something a little bit more private or personal. So that was really sweet. And then she kind of mentions to Kenny that she wants to ask for his advice on her career and stuff. So they move up to the playroom to have a conversation. Here she reveals that she has secretly... So she 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 talks about her career and like kind of the stuff she was like mentioning to Ruka last week about what she wants to do. And like she really wants to focus on parkour and blah, 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 all this stuff. She also reveals that she has secretly been listening to his music on her own. And she really loves it. And he says it makes him really, really happy. Kenny says that he thinks there is no need to rush. There's no need for Risiko to rush if she already already really knows what she ultimately wants to do with her life and her career. Because a lot of people at Risiko's age, 21, have yet to discover what it is they really want to be doing. And he thinks that it's a great strength of her personality that, you know, she knows what she wants and she knows what she wants to be doing. And she's basically, as soon as she realizes that that's what she wants, like she's trying to like make steps Mm -hmm. in order to go and pursue that. But it doesn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily think that she needs to rush because if this is really what she wants to be doing for the rest of her life, she literally has the rest of her life. So she should really build her brand and her fan base and her skill and like really enjoy the process because he believes it's the journey, not the destination. So he thinks that she really just needs to enjoy it. And there's no need to rush because like, why are you rushing? Like, why do you need to get to where you need to go so fast? Mm -hmm. Risiko says she gets that a lot and she doesn't think that she's ever really challenged herself to the fullest. And then Kenny shares that he thinks that Risiko's self-awareness is one of her best personality traits and that the fact that she even knows that and can even voice the fact that she she thinks that she doesn't she doesn't think she's ever really challenged herself is like a step in the right direction because at least she's aware Mm -hmm. and if you're aware you can change you know as opposed to like just doing the same thing and over and over again and not really examining why you're not getting the results you want because that's literally the definition of insanity and she's like making conscious steps like it's not you know it's one thing like being aware like yes i know it and then making conscious steps to change that and i have a lot of respect that's what she's doing now it's huge at 21 to be able to do that and to be able to be that self-aware about it um and to be able to like really voice your concerns and she's really thinking about it in a deep way like if you think about it you know most most people who go to college are graduating at 22 so Mm -hmm. she's kind of right at that right age to be concerned about Mm -hmm. you know what what am I like is this career that I have currently what I want to be doing or is it something that I'm doing 
because I'm good at it and mm-hmm. it makes me money. But is this yeah. what I want? Do I want to pursue my dream or do I make this a hobby and not try? So yeah. that's kind of where she's at. Kenny says that he's at a point right now in his life and his career where he doesn't give much energy to anything unless it's for music. And he thinks that it's less stressful that way and it makes life a lot more fun. And Risiko agrees that she really wants her life to be fun. And they kind of have this moment of mutual understanding and realization that they both kind of have this very similar outlook on life and what they want in life. And they both want a life that is full of fun. And that's they kind of like bond over this common value of theirs. And I also think that this, as I mentioned earlier, explains a lot, like why he never is listening to anything ever, period. He's too focused. (laughs) Yeah, he just literally, he said, like, he said, like, I'm at that point in my life where I don't have time for things I'm not interested in. So I'm not going to waste my time pretending to, like, make small talk or, like, feign interest to, like, you know, essentially protect your feelings if I'm not interested. So if I'm not interested, I'm going to be like, I don't care. And I'm just going to check out and then I'll just because we were just and I feel like because it was the first few weeks of being at the house and because Japanese people are very polite. Like, I think he was kind of like just trying to be nice where he was just like pretending to listen. But like when he was actually sitting down with the people, he's like, actually, I really wasn't listening. Yeah, at least I feel comfortable enough to admit it. And and he's just like, not to be an ass, but I really wasn't listening. And they're like, that's really, you're being an ass. (laughs) And they're like, and this makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Exactly. So then Risiko asks Kenny if the boys chat amongst themselves much about their crushes in the house. And he says they really don't. So she says what's your deal (laughs) and he goes i don't really have a good grasp on things yet but this is kind of like he's he's opened up to her the most like he hasn't opened up to anyone as much as he's opened up to risiko in this moment and maybe it's because she's stroking his ego a little bit all right she asks him if there's anything that he wants to do and i think that like because she had just asked him about crushes and then she asks him like is there anything you want to do it's kind of like if you're not obtuse i feel like you'd kind of take that as like what do you want to do on a date like Mm -hmm. is there anything you want to go like anywhere you want to go and then he's just like i don't know i kind of want to do like a big group house thing because like i feel like it like the way that that conversation was going to me it seemed like she was like, "What is there anything you want to go do? And if he had, for example, been like, oh, I really want to take a pottery lesson. Yeah. Then she would have been like, let's go. I'd be down for that. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Like, maybe we should go sometime. Yep. She opened up the door. And then he went, I don't know. I think we should do something with the house where we all get together. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, that would be super fun. And he's like, okay, well, let's plan something. And they make plans to plan something. Yeah. So decide to it. plan something. Plan to plan something. We'll right. see if it actually gets. <laughs> they plan to plan something. That's <laughs> so so terrible. We got awesome. far. <laughs> plan to plan something. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Haruka's Drag Race. So I was really excited about this scene because I don't know. She talked a lot about the cars and her passion and stuff. And, you know, the old men she hangs out with. And it's kind of the first time we really got to see yes. a lot of this. 
which was yeah. really, really fun. So, yeah, Haruka enters a drag race. This is qualified by driving too fast. <laughs> and she spends... I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. Like, I thought you were racing. I don't know. Maybe I didn't understand the, like, whole race perfectly. But while she was bummed about that, she spent some time with the guys from Rod Motors after the race. And she talks again with them about how she really realizes how much more time she spends with older guys. And, you know, I think they kind of found that amusing. But she really opens up to them. Yeah, she opens up to them more than I feel like she does with other people in the house. And that's because Haruka doesn't really feel like the other people in the house understand her and the things she's interested in. Um, I think besides Ruka, when he started talking about, like, Harleys and being interested in her racing, like, I kind of see that, like no one else really does share any other interest. You know, like, she'll yeah. talk about going golfing. They're like, oh, what, again? Right. You know, she's like, oh, I haven't been in a while. Like, I feel like I, I definitely agree mm-hmm. that she isn't connecting with everyone in the house on those right. hobbies. Exactly. Uh, until she was talking to Ruka, um, which I thought was really sweet, actually, because then she brings that up to the the rod motors guys that she knows someone yeah who's interested in buying a harley wants to bring him around the shop i was like oh that's cute it's almost like you know telling dad you know yeah, that I, i'm I interested in someone and so, so i thought that was like cute. really cute i was like oh you she kind of already uh felt out the water a little bit with her car guys about mm-hmm. ruka which i thought was really really sweet so yeah i'm so excited cute. for him to like see this other side of her that no one else has really seen yet I really liked also how after her race, when she gets DQ'd, she looks really upset. And mm-hmm. then they tell her, don't look so sullen. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they tell her. So like they're at this like, point, they tell her like, dude, it's all over your face. Like, don't yeah. be so mad. Like, yeah, you they're like, you're fine. Yeah. Like you, you hit your personal best. And she's yeah. just like, mm. and she's like, so cute. But I thought that was funny because. You know, we talk about her face and like mm. how her her she's so expressive and yeah. like they call her out on it. Yeah. So it kind of shows you how what how comfortable they are. But it mm-hmm. also makes me question like, dude, like if she's getting called out, like she should probably know that like she has she has like a tendency to show her emotions on her face. Yeah. For so maybe she doesn't care if yeah. she goes sees that she's pissed on her face. Yeah. I don't know. But at least someone called her out on it. <laughs> at least yeah, someone like, else is aware of it, too. Yeah, I <laughs> It's not it us. And I thought it showed how close they were. Because she seems very self-aware when she's talking yeah. to them. So. Yeah. And it kind of shows you that they're not just telling her what she wants to hear all the time. Yeah. Which is good. So. Yeah, it seems like she really confides in them. I mean, clearly she spends a lot of time with these guys and she's super close with them. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to, like, see her really, mm-hmm. really get uh, show that to us. Yeah, I think so, too. So then we get some Kenny and Corey. They go out for a casual mm-hmm. afternoon. My favorite pairing. They're yeah, my like OTP. the zero TP now. <laughs> they're my yes. OTP right now. I love how they're like hobbies and stuff, like how like how much they get along with that. So they go to a clothing store to check out some t-shirts, which they mentioned they were going to do in a previous episode. So this is where we kind of finally got to see them go do it. They were doing the drawing in the playroom when they yeah. were like, all dark and like talking kind of touching yeah talking about the gallery and stuff so yeah we got to see a little bit of that he makes some uh (laughs) some jokes about the uh, see-through t-shirts there 
god. <laughs> that was kind of like, oh, I was like facepalm, Penny. It was like a dad making like a cringy joke. Yeah, because like, she just kind of like laughed it off uh, and was like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I was like, like, so this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> she like totally like played it off. <laughs> so I'm like, funny. I wanted her to say something, but oh my she god. totally just kind of like was like, yeah, okay. You know, she's way too proper and polite to yeah. say anything. Totally. She's she's gonna go and like when she and Haruka are like chatting, which (laughs) happens, she just like will comment about it. Yeah, she'll do her little gossip, her little Kenny impression. I want another Kenny impression by Corey. Kenny impression is so on point. She (laughs) should be a stand-up comic. Like she's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like, she's just like proper and like about it. So (laughs) (laughs) like she's too nice. (laughs) So yeah, they go grab some burgers. And during the meal, they have a really interesting discussion about work and finances. This is another conversation where I was like, yes, okay, Kenny is, like, talking a bit more. Like, we're opening him up a little bit Mm -hmm. more. but Because it's something he's interested in. Yeah, exactly. So they do, like, the two of them especially talk a lot about work and stuff, which Mm -hmm. I really like. But this time, they talked a little bit about finances Right. And Kenny mentions that he makes more money writing for commercials than right. his own band, um, yes. but that he finds the work more limiting, limiting working for the commercials than writing for himself because, you know, he doesn't get all of the control. So I thought that brings up an interesting discussion. Michelle, what do you think about mixing your passion and work? Do you think it can be limiting? Kind of how how Kenny feels. Right. It's tough because it's like this makes a lot of good this 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 has a lot of good points. Like, yeah, because I I'm someone and as yeah, and I feel like you understand this as well. But I, I kind of like did something similar to, to Kenny where like I I've switched my career path path around a fair amount like I went to college as a as a music major and I was a vocal performance I used to sing classical opera and like classical music and then when I got to college I kind of had this moment where it was just like a confluence of events where I got to this point where I was just like I don't want to I was the part of your vocal studio where you all the people in the same being taught by the same vocal coach are in the same studio that forms and basically like you have a weekly repertoire class where you have to sing in front of everyone in your studio and then they critique you while you stand on a stage after you sing Mm. and it's intense and then once a month every month I think the last or the third week of every month we'd have prior graduates from our studio come in and talk about their career and what they're doing and blah 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 and one guy came in and I remember this very vividly I remember exactly what he talked about and I I actually remember what he looks like and what he was wearing he was wearing like a green like a forest green sweater and jeans and like gray shoes it's it creeps me out how I remember Mm. white guy tall blonde hair blue eyes and he was talking about how he had graduated with his PhD in voice. So he didn't only just get his master's, he got his PhD. And your voice doesn't fully mature until you turn 30. So he had been waiting tables his his whole life after, you know, and while he was yeah. getting his PhD. And he was still waiting tables and he lived in New York City. And he was telling us how he had just turned 31 or 30 or something and he had just gotten his full time first full time job singing and in the church choir at St. Peter's Cathedral in New York City, which mm. is a huge church. It's the biggest church, you know, on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. A lot. It's so hard to get a wedding there. Like I think the list is like ten years long. It's insane. It's very historical. 
but that was his first job. He didn't get it until he was 30, and that was singing. He got his PhD in voice. If you can think of how much debt that is, it's crazy. Yeah, and, time. like, you're yeah. waiting tables, and, like, and then you'd, you're singing in, in a church choir. Like, I just was like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I want that for my life. Yeah. And I just couldn't see past that because yeah. I was also going through, I'd just been date raped that that Christmas and I was in a very dark place and like I had flown I was in college like across the sea from my family and I was alone and it was just really tough on me and I'm not saying that that's an excuse I'm owning that because I I made that choice but it was really challenging and I I can't if if I were to say that that didn't affect my decision to be like my inability to see past just what he said because I had been able to until that point been like well it's different for excuse my like thing but it's it's different for like fully white people because I still have the ability as a Japanese citizen who also speaks Japanese to possibly go to Japan and then Mm -hmm. I could have potentially just gone to Japan and and performed there you know so I did have the opportunity to not have to like not be pursuing all these things in America so like when they say well it's hard for minorities to get leading roles. Yeah, sure, in America, but, like, not so much in, in Japan. Yeah. Like, if I'm educated in America, that's actually really prestigious, and it's more prestigious to be educated in the States. So, if anything, it would be a plus for me if I were to go back to Japan. Like, I didn't, I wasn't able to see that at the yeah. time. So, it's tough, because, like, you do, you do have to think, like, well, if I'm not going to be able to get a job until I'm 30, and then I'm singing full time in a choir, like, and I have this much debt. How am I going to afford that? Mm-hmm. Like, you do have to think about that. Yeah. Because then you don't even know. Like, you're not even guaranteed a job when you're 30. Because no. I mean, no. think about the job perspective, and then you're like, well, you're already setting this limit for yourself, right? Because your job, mm-hmm. your voice doesn't fully mature until you're 30. So there's no way they're going to give you a full time voice job if your voice could change at 29. Mm-hmm. Like. It's just that's why a lot of a lot of singers when they're when they find success at a younger age, it's really hard for them to keep sustaining that success at mm-hmm. an older age. And yeah. that's why you get, you know, the post Super Bowl halftime show reaction of, you know, not how in- incredible was JLo's performance last night. Mm-hmm. It's can you believe JLo is 50 years old and a picture of her? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it it's is amazing. Not- yeah. yeah, and like it is amazing, but you shouldn't be talking about her age. You should be talking about the quality of her performance and yeah. her repertoire and how talented and like, she is. Exactly, it shouldn't just boil down to her age, which it unfortunately becomes. Because if you think about it, it's like, can you believe she's fifteen? It's like, yeah, but like your voice doesn't fully mature until you're thirty. So, yeah. but she's always been an amazing you know artist. I mean? Like it wasn't like just amazing. one performance. So yeah, just it's it's just kind of like it's 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 a challenge. And I do know someone who, a friend of mine, she is a documentary photographer. I met her through a workshop, and she is a documentary photographer. She basically has these amazing projects, and one of her projects, which was interviewing and photographing third and fourth generation survivors of the Nagasaki and Hiroshima bombs of Japan, um, and it's hanging in the Nobel Prize Museum. But she told me a lot of personal information about like the compensation she got, which was very low very low considering Mm -hmm. it's Nobel hanging in the Nobel Prize where you think like they offer big you know things and I get that it's Nobel Prize so it's just like it's not about the money but like if you think like well if you're going to recognize it in the Nobel Prize Museum like you would think that she would get compensated properly but if you were to 
hear that how much like you would it would be kind of surprising and she talks about how you know she's given lectures and, and been invited to give lectures at amazing universities like SVA the School of Visual Arts in New York City which is one of the top art schools in in the country and actually in the in the world and she basically was invited to give a, a talk about her art but she actually did something amazing for her for those students in that class and she shared how she actually does graphic design on the side and that is what helps her fund her documentary photography Mm -hmm. because that doesn't make money and if she wants to continue to pursue her passion as a career she has to find some sort of supplemental income in order to make that happen which is something I do I have always wanted to write a novel and I have been working and workshopping a novel, but I got to this point where I was like, I don't understand why I'm just like, I keep writing myself into corners and this, I just feel like I keep losing my characters and I can't hear them anymore. And then I kind of put it aside and I started kind of focusing on my photography and I traveled to different parts of Japan more. And when I went to Southern Japan, I went on this retreat where I met Haruka actually and Beth Kirby from Local Milk. And it was like this uh, slow living and photography retreat where we also learned about business and Instagram and all this stuff. And this place is where Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki from Studio Ghibli, who creates Totoro and all of those incredible Japanese animated films, grew up and basically this is where he set and got inspiration for Totoro and Laputa and all of these incredible worlds that he has created. There is actually an island out right off the coast of where I was staying that is if you go there literally like if you were to be living in Totoro. It's mm. he just took that like photos of that and animated it and that's basically the forest. So, you know, going to places like that it just it makes that's when I was there I was like oh this is what was missing like I set this in the wrong place and I was whitewashing my own characters and it wasn't feeling I was losing their voice because I wasn't able to connect to them so like that was that allowed me to kind of find them again and like unless I'm doing other things on the side that allow me to take the time to actually be able to put my work aside and understand why it wasn't reading authentic instead of just pushing and forcing the story to come out. And like, you know, if it came out the way that it was, it wouldn't have done well and it wouldn't have sold and no one would have wanted it. I would have hated it. It wouldn't have felt authentic. It wouldn't have felt like me. And if it's not something that's rooted in love and truth, like, and something that you believe in, then I don't know. There's no point. But the thing is, like what I'm saying is like if the only reason I'm able to do that is because I'm doing other things that allow me to help fund what I want to do. And that's kind of what Kenny is saying here, which is like if you want to be successful in creative business and you don't want to give up, you're going to have to keep coming up with ways that will prolong your ability to be able to sustain your career and also like allow for the opportunity to make money doing what it is you want to do because it's it is it is a lot harder to make money creating your own music than it is to write for corporations or Mm -hmm. for commercial or jingles like jingles make money because every time that jingle is played on the radio forever because like if you write a theme song for example like that's going to be iconic every time that gets played royalties like that makes 
a lot of money, like the Full House theme song, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, Family Matters, like Adam's Family, like the Star Wars. Like, I mean, they're iconic. Harry Potter. Like, my ringtone is the Harry Potter theme. And my text tone is the theme to Stranger Things. Like, those yeah, like everyone knows those it. songs. Every time that gets sold or played, that's mu- that's money in the bank. Like, that helps fund creative projects. So sometimes some people might be like, oh, that's selling out. But like other times, it's like sometimes at this point, it's a necessary evil because like I said earlier, your voice doesn't mature until you're 30. So people who are going and getting their PhDs in voice and like waiting tables until they're 30, until they get an actual job. So they have so much debt. It's like you kind of have to figure out a way to like sustain your lifestyle while you're waiting to be able to get a real job and not give up on what you went through all of that debt and and schooling for Mm -hmm. so and I really love that Corey mentions that she loves that they can talk about this stuff because it is it's true it's really something that people 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 don't want about talk about money like one of the top things that people say in a conversation with other people is don't you should never talk with people, with other people, or at parties or anything about politics, religion, sexual orientation, and money. Those are the things you don't talk about, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, I mean, this is one of those things that is, has historically been very taboo. So I think it's really cool that they feel comfortable enough to talk about this sort of stuff. And like, it is one of those things where I feel like when we were, when I was listening to the audio, all of the people in the panel were like, when as Corey was like, I think that the the fact that we can talk about this is dot, dot, dot. And everyone was like, because <gasps> they thought she was going to say it's distasteful or it's tacky. But then she goes, I love it. And they were like, wow, OK, that's good. Yeah, because like, like that is that is that could be something that could be really divisive. Yeah. If it's some if you are someone who thinks like that's very waspy. Or something, and you don't think that you should talk about money in public with people, you know, who aren't your significant other. I mean, even in Japan, like, it's usually like, well, the men, the men worry about the money, and that's it, and you don't talk about it. Yeah, like, they're talking about it with each other, but it's also, you know, being recorded. Like, in a way, they're having this conversation with the world. Yeah, yeah. So it really, and it, it, it shows their values and, like, how they view responsibility like and just I don't know the fact that they're really serious about their creative careers like especially because Corey has worked in finance and you know she quit her job so that she can be taken seriously so as someone who has been very educated and gone to very expensive schools and private schools and things like that and comes from a secure job I think she came up she was probably you know, comes from a family where they were like, you get a serious job and you be a lawyer or work in finance or work in banking. I know, like, I come from that world. So in Japan, because my dad was in society and in that way. So I, there is a lot of pressure, even if not from your family, but from the people who are around your family, like your family friends or your people from school or your teachers or whatever, especially if you've gone and had such a prestigious background as she does and is very educated. I think there is an added pressure to the fact that she she risked a lot. She she took a huge risk and she sacrificed a lot to take this path. So I feel like she is someone who would be really concerned or would watch out for that type of thing. 
so it's really cool to see that like not just through art but like through a deeper level of that they can connect yeah what do you think I think I think it's a balance and I think they both kind of talked about that like at least for me personally like I think you have to like if you really want to mix your your passion and your work it it really has to be balanced and you have to be willing to make sacrifices in order to make that happen because you know it's fine when you're just doing something as a hobby and it's not dependent on the bills you know because you can just do it for fun you can just do it because it's creative and you have the open-ended freedom but once you start making money off of it and you start monetizing your passion that's where I think things get more limiting and becomes a lot more difficult because it's like you know yes you want to be doing what you love and making money from it but I think that is hard to have a lot of added pressure because you just don't have the same freedom as when you're just doing it for fun on the side yeah because then it's like what if it gets to a point where you stop having fun yeah is that going to? and then you're stuck right and it's like and is that going can you still do this yeah, or bring the if fun back. Or yeah. can you not? Especially if you're like Kenny and Risiko, who have established previously that in life, they want to have a good time. They want to have fun. That's yeah. what they find. That's what they value most in life. Yeah. So it goes to question, if Kenny were to stop having fun, what would happen? Yeah, what would he do then? Yeah. Right. That's something I wish he doesn't have music, what does he have? Yeah. Right. But then he's also said, like, at this point in in life, I know that this is what I want, period, because I'm a late bloomer. So I don't have time or energy for anything that's not music. So, like, he's literally, like, not even just his friends or his hobbies. Like, he's literally positioned his whole life around this lifestyle of his. But he does have this drawing career or this drawing thing on the side that he does want to make into a career but I think if this is the way that he is maybe he shouldn't make his drawing into a into a a career thing he might just need it to be a hobby right because if he makes that a career too I think it's going to be a problem for someone like him if Mm -hmm. like that and he has like that and music yeah because then he has no like just free outlet because if he doesn't have enough time and energy for anything other than music then even though drawing does connect to his music, if he were to like, you know, draw an album cover or whatever, it's going to take too much time and energy away from his music if he yeah. were to pursue drawing as a career. So he I don't... can't fully focus on it if it was just a hobby and it was just like right. fun to do on the side or when he's not busy performing and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. And I really don't think that we have anything else. Oh, we just... Well, the only other things is... Um, Oh, we see Riseko at parkour practice, and we see that she could legit be a, a stunt person. Yeah, she's good. Her body in slow-mo is insane. Yeah. Her butt muscles are crazy. She doesn't even touch yeah. the floor. It's just... Yeah, she's so strong, very agile. Yeah, it seems very, fun. Yeah, and then speaking of parkour and Riseko, her and Ruka make plans to go do parkour together after Golden Week. But she is very adamantly saying she wants to go rock climbing, bouldering, and she doesn't really want to go to parkour, but he really wants to learn. We get Haruka's bio and find out that she has been single for a year and four months. Oh, we also see Kenny perform live for the first time. We haven't mm-hmm. even talked about that. Spicy soul. Yeah, and he's talented. He's good. Yeah, he's pretty good. The Haruka, Kaori, and Shohei say, oh my god, how cool. And then, oh yeah, we did mention, we, we don't know specifically if Risiko is at this performance uh haruka and kaori go get burgers and recap the drag race and talk about kenny shohei and kaori and haruka are at a table and then shohei asks 
Haruka to go take him to play golf because uh, after Haruka is like bored and she asks both of them to like hang out tomorrow and they're both busy. And then he comes back and he's like, take me to play golf. I want to learn. Haruka comes back with his new hairdo and dyes it back to black. Haruka notices Shohei watches with a smile on his face. And then Haruka asks him like when he's off next and they actively make plans together to go out and stuff. And she says goodnight to everyone. And then as she goes up, the camera pans to Ruka as he is sitting on the couch after making plans finally with Haruka. He doesn't make plans. She actively tries to make plans with him. So thankfully, she took the reins and he didn't have to. <laughs> and the most adorable thing happens where he hides his face with his, his eyes with his arm. And you see him slowly smile. A smile creep on his face in happiness. And then boom. The episode ends, and episode five has concluded. It is the end of an era and the beginning of new new romance. New romance. Ninja drama. Supposedly, <laughs> the next episode, episode six, is full on all about the romances in the house. So, Ooh, this would be fun. Tune in on uh, next episode. To make sure if you want if you want to hear all about the romance in the house, yeah. it it gets pretty dramatic and spicy, and there's a lot of tension. Ooh, I'm ready. So, um, we may 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 have a special guest next episode. Let's keep our fingers crossed that that happens. But since since this episode, it was it was just us, me and Caitlin. So, Caitlin. Where can we find you on social media? So you can find me on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter at Big Screen Books, where I talk about pop culture, lifestyle, travel content. Cool. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief. And you can find my bookstagram over on Instagram, where I talk about books, comics, just travel, anything terrace housey. I guess. Uh, not really, but from now on, I will be adding more of that content over on at Traveling Book Nerds. All one word. Yep. Uh, anyway, that's it for today. And awesome. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you for episode six. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite provider is, you will be able to find Terrorist Out Podcast. If there is somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terrorist Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Terrorist Out. 